What up, cut up? Welcome to A Poor Excuse for a Podcast. I am Nathan McDougal, author of A Poor Excuse for a Book, a collection of short stories from a relatively unknown author of mediocre skill. I am the unknown author. The mediocre skills are mine. And today you are joining us on uh, one of my favorite chapters, Like a Punch to the Face. And joining us today, along with you, is my brother from another mother, Trace. What up, what up? And my sister from the same mother and same father and all of that, Tasha. How you guys doing? <laughs> and um, today we got a real good episode. Going to discuss some real embarrassing stuff on my part. But at the same time, it'll be a, a good conversation. So, you know, stay with us. Come back. And uh, thanks for coming. Thank you. Welcome back to A Poor Excuse for a Podcast. Today we are discussing the chapter like a punch to the face. And uh, so to dive right into everything, this particular chapter is about when I was eight, nine years old. And believe it or not, I had a bully. Not only did I have a bully, I had a bully that was half my size and in an all-black neighborhood, white, a white kid. So the smallest white kid in the neighborhood was waxing me on the regular. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, so this particular chapter is all about uh, that. I think it was just like over one span of a summer or what have you. But to recap the whole story in case you, know, you haven't read it, which is, well, you know, you can go back and read it later. Um, so we were living in Linton Apartments in East Nashville. I don't know if you remember Linton Apartments. Did you? I remember something like it. Okay. I mean, yeah, I think so. Okay. So you barely remember Linton. So Linton <laughs> Apartments in East Nashville. And um, I don't know why this, this kid was just targeting me as the, you know, to take out all his anger and frustration. Um, and me, I, I've, uh, I was always a quiet kid, very non-confrontational, very, um, just very standoffish, quiet. Um, I sit and observe and watch and listen long before I start talking and probably carry myself, no doubt, as if I had low self-image or walked with my head. Down. I don't know. Everything I did, everything you needed to do to make yourself a target. Uh, to someone to, to, to give off a vibe of um, come terrorize me. Um, and so he did. And so like three or four times I remember just we were neighborhood kids standing around talking. He come up, push me down, fake, pop on me, pow, and I'm scram I'm I'm like just moving backwards, like, oh please, like just just horrible, just horrible all around the board. Um and it's kind of, in a in a sense of, I mean, I guess it's a, I don't know if it's just being kids or not kind of knowing your own power or whatever the right. case may be, right? Mm-hmm. And kind of putting yourself within a, a cage or a box 
and allowing other people to treat you however um, they want. So, okay, you know, tough to admit. I got to swallow all pride here. Mm-hmm. I'm getting waxed, getting beat up regularly from a little kid, uh, half my size, until I'm in Linton. I'm at my, living with my mom. We're, we're in our apartment complex, and my cousins come by. Now we now it's a different ball game because my cousins are around. And me and my cousin DJ are walking to the store. And we live in like probably the center of the apartment complex. You got to walk up a small hill and you cut through this little uh, grassy, like wooded area to get to like a local convenience store. And so me and my cousin, we walk down to this store. We're on our way back to the apartment. We got big two liter drinks in our hands. And we talking about whatever nine, 10 year old talk, talks about. And um, as I'm coming out of like the little wooded area into the actual apartment complex, there is the kid that has been bullying me. Oddly enough, his name was Nate Daniel. My name is Nathan. His name was Nate Daniel. He's standing there with like his, his, <laughs> it's not even his side. I don't know if he was the sidekick or the other guy was the sidekick, but he's standing there with his homeboy. And I'm like, oh man, I got my cousin. He finna try to embarrass me. I cannot be embarrassed in front of my cousin. So I just been like, acting so terrified of this kid all summer or however long this little time period was but then when I'm coming up out of the little wooded area about to walk into the apartment complex he's standing there not saying anything he's just standing and I just remember it all so clearly he got blonde hair he got a little rat tail because you know we was all poor because you know that's the only time they got the little rat tail here and um he's just standing there not saying nothing and then I'm like trying to play it tough uh, go get out of my way, Nathan. I don't feel like being bothered with you today. No, every other day I didn't feel like being bothered either, but I just, you know, just took took them licks like a jerk. And um, he don't say nothing. I go to step around him. He he steps, you know, he steps back to the side to block my path. So I'm like, shit, my cousin is behind me. He don't know what's going on. Look, this is all, all, this is all I got is... Is how my family views me because I moved around a lot as a kid, so I'm never in one neighborhood too long, making like a bunch of friends and staying with them. Going, I never go to the same school like two years in a row at this point in time, and um, so I'm like, I cannot lose face in front of my cousin. So he goes to step in front of me. I go to step around him. He steps in front of me, and then without thinking, without nothing, I just drop the drink. Five hit him square in the eye, just boom, like lightning. It come out of nowhere. He, I, it happened so quick. He stunned. I barely even remember it happening. I just remember popping on him, and then he just standing there still, like, Ugh, what just happened? And then I bend down to pick, uh, pick up my cold drink, and I just walk on down the apartment complex, and he just still standing there, just like, what happened? And then later on uh, that same day. Me and my cousins are in our uh, building in the hallway playing, talking, making up dances or something. And he lives in the actual same building as me on the same floor. I live on one end of the hallway. He lives all the way on the other end of the hallway. And um, it's some other stuff I'm leaving out. But he comes out of his apartment, jogs up the hallway, shakes my hand, and then jogs back into his apartment, closes the door. And I I never see him again until like years and years later. And by then, like, we're older and the moments have, you know, passed and 
Did he still have the rat tail? Did he still have the rat tail when I seen him years later? I don't probably. He probably did. I don't remember. But as a recap, that is like a punch to the face. And um, which brings us to today's conversation is that story in itself and the bigger issue of bullying and how kids handle bullies or should handle bullies or was my approach correct or incorrect. And like I said, some bunch of other details in the story. Um, but, you know, you got to read it to get those details and then but we'll discuss from here. So um, I'm going to start with Tasha. What did you think of that particular story as you were reading it? And kind of what thoughts does it bring to mind in general? It just kind of makes me think about stuff that daddy used to tell us about whenever we would get messed with by somebody's school. He would always, he loves bringing up stories about him and Troy doing stuff when they right. were teenagers and right. in high school. And he always talked about how he had people messing with him and he had people all of, always in his face and always getting on his nerves and stuff like that. But it wasn't until he stood up for himself, which... In your case, similar to this, he he didn't necessarily punch him in the mouth or nothing like that, but just like you know, roughed him up, like yeah. grabbed hold of him, shook him, just got back in their face, kind of pushed that same energy back out, and that's when they left him alone. So yeah. I think hearing that is kind of like a breaking point. Like you don't really make that person stop until you've really had enough, and mm-hmm. then they see that mm-hmm. as you being a threat, not necessarily. Uh, competition because like you said you were just quiet timid stay to yourself mm-hmm. in the corner people see you as an easy target because mm-hmm. you didn't talk to anybody and that's mm-hmm. kind of how I was in high school I didn't talk to anybody so that mm-hmm. made me a target to be messed with but once you reach your breaking point they realize oh well you can't really you know right. say nothing to him because he's kind of you don't know what he's mm-hmm. capable of right. doing you right. know what I'm saying he could really do some damage to you if you're not careful, right. and that's what'll make them fall back and be like, "Oh, well, maybe I should just leave this guy alone." And then, I mean, you don't never mess with a quiet kid in class anyway because they're always like suspect. But in this case, it was just of you having enough of being messed with on a regular basis, and he probably got a little bit of respect for you also for standing up for yourself because it's like, like you said, he was half your size, so it's like. Why is this dude letting me do this to him every single day? Like, mm-hmm. why aren't you trying to stop me? You're not going to stop me. I'm going to keep doing it. Right. So it wasn't until you stopped him that he was like, okay, well, I guess I can't mess with him anymore. So it's like, my, my fun is over with. The, the mm-hmm. game is completed. Right. I lost, and it's over with. It is what it is. So, I mean, I don't think you acted irrationally. I think you did what you were supposed to do. Okay. Thank you. Very well thought out, well developed. Uh, Thought that you brought. You make me sick. Very long lasting. You asked me what I thought. No, you're right. I did ask you. And I thank you. And I appreciate it. Uh, And Tracy, I go to you. Um, I thought it was a dope short story. It was Mm -hmm. a short story. It's a couple pages. Uh, What I liked about it was it kind of touched on the the, um, small triumphs that you go through and the Mm. small deals that you have to face. Just. Um, that you may not, you know, reflect on unless it's written like this in a book. Well, yeah. uh, and, and, and you can look back on it and say, you know what? Well, I realized me doing that, I probably uh, uh, reached a new um, or found new personality traits or, or mm. um, I found something out new about myself that right, I didn't have right. before. Because that, that was the reason I was reserved also. I was never scared or intimidated, yeah. but it was yeah. always reserved. It's just because 
I think uh, uh, some of it is just having um, a fear of what you're capable of mm. and the ramifications for going to a point that you may not be able to return from. Right. I don't know right. how right. young you were. Right. I don't know if, if those thoughts ever crept through your head, but for me, <clears throat> I was I was always you know uh, taken up for people who was picked on. Yeah. Uh, so that's just the role I played in my life. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And. Besides that, I never would be aggressive or anything unless I'm playing sports or right, something like that. Right, but right, uh, right. but the, but yeah, some of the thoughts that came through my head when I was reading that just I was I started to think about okay, hmm, I wonder where was the part where um, I may have been getting picked on, whether it's you know physically or mentally or or it's just someone you know doing something to me and, and uh, I felt like I couldn't do anything or I shouldn't do anything. Yeah. And then what happened? How did what happened when I? did do something right. and what what changed me after that right, right, right. Uh, so I, I appreciated the story you know um, just because it took me down that type of road yeah um, so when the part when you actually punched him yeah it was to me I thought to myself um, okay you did that and so I couldn't wait to see his reaction yeah what's his name again uh, Nathan Na- yeah, Na- yeah. yeah I don't know <laughs> yeah. I couldn't wait to uh, I couldn't wait to read what you were going to say about his reaction yeah so when you showed his reaction I was like okay that's just about right yeah. you know uh, yeah. how bullies react once yeah. you st- you know step up to him and say no this yeah. is, this is yeah. not this is going to happen as much as it used to be definitely it's almost like you know what I, I'll let you play around and because yeah. at the end of the day I think it's a a noble person understands that just because you can beat up someone or right. do something to someone, right. it's not necessarily necessary. Right, right, right. Doesn't so. mean you should. Just because right. you can doesn't mean you should. Right, right. Now, yeah. I lifted that a lot, uh, especially since I always pick up for people who can or pick or pick on the bullies who, yeah. you know, when they did what they did. Right, so, right, right. Um, even then, I would sometimes feel bad because I'm like, man, I could. This is. Yeah, no, it's no challenge. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I could break you off. Like, right, yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So let me, you know, you're scared now. Right, good. Right, Stop right, leaving right. them alone now. Right. Go about my business. Right, 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 right. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, kind of to both of your uh, points is um, specifically what you were saying is you kind of after triumphs like that or small triumphs like that, you learn about yourself things that you did not know before. Right, and um, there was as I was writing and rewriting and kind of revisiting those memories um it was a lot of understanding that i gained then and even that i gained now Uh and um, i think i was watching like a science fiction show Uh um it's actually called fallen skies i don't know if y'all remember that Uh, Uh, it's like about an alien invasion Mm -hmm. and um, they were trying to fight these guys off these aliens off and like the main character was a history teacher um, and he was relating their fights with the aliens to, you know, wars, uh, specifically the American Revolution. And he was saying that the only thing you need to do to defeat an invading force, you do not have to eliminate each one of them. You do not have to crush them. Mm-hmm. You just have to make it cost more mm-hmm. for them to keep fighting than it yeah. does to not fight. Right. Right. You know what I mean? You have mm-hmm. to make it not worth it. For them to 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 come at you, right? And um, now being a father, kind of taking that own thing from my own youth and growing up and encountering bullies here and there, you know, particularly in this story, and just in every in every form, oftentimes you have to show that bully that 
if you if you go if you're going to come here, mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to show you that it is not worth the time that right. you are going to spend, the time and <clears throat> anguish and pain that you will receive in retribution to think that you can terrorize. Like it's just right. not going to be worth it. Mm-hmm. You and you you balance the scales in that way, and oftentimes all that means is if you stand up for yourself, they'll feel like man, I can go find an easier target, or I'm just going to chill. And, um, right. And, I, and that's kind of what, what came about in that particular instance. Mm-hmm. If I can introduce a perspective, because you mentioned in the story how you try to make peace with him at one point, yep. and yep. that didn't work. Because yep. some <laughs> people work. would argue, well, why don't you try being his friend? Why don't you try getting yep. to know him? Why don't you, you know what I'm saying, go yep. the nice route? But yep. you tried that, and it I didn't did. work. I did. I tried to be friends mm-hmm. with them, which is it's odd. Even now, I'm like, even now, looking back on that time, <clears throat> I'm so ashamed of myself for letting so much ride oh, right. and slide. Like, why, <laughs> why would you? Why did you let him do that? You just should have just, you should just popped it out from the beginning. Yeah. You would have ended it so much quicker. But hindsight is twenty twenty. Retrospect, you see everything clearly. Right. And as a kid, or just as a person, when things first happen, sometimes you're so surprised and taken aback that you don't react like you always say you will react or right. think you might react. Mm-hmm. So um, as it was happening, I, I don't know, I was just kind of caught up in it and, um, and and just allowing it to happen to me. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, I did try to make friends with him. I invited him to my house to eat. Right. The night my mama made hamburger helper, hamburger cheeseburger helper. macaroni. <laughs> this was the finest hamburger helper on the market. <laughs> I invite him over. My mom like reluctantly says, yeah. He in my house at my table eating up all my cheeseburger macaroni. And I'm thinking, oh, we're going to be all good after this. And we were not. And uh, so I probably really channeled the that cheeseburger macaroni right. moment when we finally had that uh, face off. But yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. Some people uh, cannot be acquiesced or appeased or, yeah, or reasoned with. And, and that leads um, to the second part, though. Mm-hmm. What's going on with him at home? It's a very you know, good point. Right, where, you know, he feel like he needs to terrorize you specifically. It's a very good point, you're yeah. bigger and all these things. Yeah. And, and does he feel like he's he's being, he's fi- finding a triumph in, in some way that at home he may be being treated like the yeah. the, the peasant or, or yeah. you know, whoever is yeah. the, the, um, the victim. Yeah. Or yeah. maybe when he is at home, he does that to his younger siblings. Like, he terrorizes them, right. and he just thinks like, he's going to do it to anybody out in the street because that's what he's used to. It's right. It can go either way. Yeah. But I, I often imagine, though, it goes the first way of if you are being mistreated, if you are put in a position where you have no power, mm-hmm. the moment that you can go out and grasp power and have it over somebody else or dominate over somebody else, you do it as a way to kind of make up for all the times that you felt like nothing. I'm going to go make somebody else feel like nothing. Now, I feel like everything. But if that were the case, then why did he, like, I'm not going to say congratulate lightly, like, but why did he, like, give you your props for finally standing up for yourself when you did, if that were the case? Because usually that would evoke more aggression and anger. Now he'd be ready to fight you because it's like... You shouldn't be fighting me back. I'm supposed to be dominating over you. You're not supposed to be an equal opponent to me in any way. If that was the, I think I think that's where where fantasy meets reality. Right. And yeah. the, and the fantasy, I am he. You know, he is like yes. I am the powerful one. Right. I'm I'm doing the dominating now. When 
I mean, I don't know the dude's situation. Like right, he right. could have been abused at home, right. and when he was there, he's powerless and nothing. But now when he can go outside and find this kid that's meek and timid and mm-hmm. you know what I mean, quiet and to themselves, now he can be powerful. Mm-hmm. But then when you know the one that he's taking advantage of rises up and you know smacks him in the <laughs> mouth, he's like, you know, well that that fantasy is over with. Like, yeah, you know. That's, that seems to be the case more times than not. There's usually just some type of abuse or whatnot. Yeah. Uh, of course, at 35 years old, while reading this book, I'm thinking that. Yeah. But I'm sure at 24 years old, reading this book, I'm like, I can't wait to the part where you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where it's time to yeah. get solid. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's it was interesting. I actually originally wrote that story out in college for like an expository writing class. Mm-hmm. Um. And I don't know what made me tap into it then, but I did. And then when it came time for a poor excuse for a book and I was like going through those memories, I came back to this and refined it and added in more details and things like that. So um, it was an interesting one to revisit. And it was, a, you know, a moment in time where I had to be very honest with myself because most people don't want to admit that they were ever in a position of weakness yeah. or they allowed themselves to be taken advantage of mm-hmm. or they were, you know, at the bottom of the totem pole. But, you know, the reality of the situation is that that's how it all played out up until I said, well, this has to stop. So just to shift gears ever so slightly, yeah. the fact that you are a father now, you have a son, what would you say to him if he was ever put in a situation like this? Well, yeah. <laughs> me and my son actually have already discussed. We, we discussed when school first started. Uh, I gave him a very simple, very easy to understand, as well as to relate to others, three-strike rule. Okay. So, strike one, somebody is in your face, messing with you, you know, trying to belittle you, trying to humiliate you. And, of course, I adjust the language so he understands exactly what I mean. Mm-hmm. Somebody's trying to bully you or they're messing with you or they're touching you. Mm-hmm. You tell them, like, hey, I don't know what you got going on. I don't know what's wrong, but stop because I don't like it. Right? You tell them. That's Very strike clear. one. Straightforward. Straightforward. I don't like what you're doing. I don't like what's going on. You need to chill. That's strike one. Mm-hmm. If they continue, you tell an adult. Now, we tell kids to tell adults, but it's never as simple as you go over to the adult and you say they didn't, you know, they, you know, they wave you off Mm -hmm. or the kid catch you telling the adult. So now they say, oh, you try to tell on me. I'm really finna get you now. Mm -hmm. Or the teacher listens. They only barely partway address it or Mm -hmm. they, you know, they put both of you to blame. You you tell a kid to tell an adult and it actually can make it worse on the kid. So I tell him, you tell an adult, but you tell them as in you say, hey, Miss Henrietta, you need to get so-and-so <laughs> because he keep doing this. And if he if you don't stop him, I will stop him. He has my permission to tell the teacher, if you don't address it, I'm going to address it. Right. My daddy told me if you don't address it, then I can address it. So that's his. That's, <laughs> that's going to make them stop. <laughs> you tell an adult and you tell them in that way. If you do not do something, then I will do something. He's like, okay. So then strike three is after that, if they continue, you give them one last chance. And you tell them, if you do not stop, I am going to break you off. Period. (laughs) You let them know the exact consequences of these actions. And if they go for strike number four, they are already struck out. And you wax them. That's it. Period. And Sounds good to me. 
He has never got, you know, suspended for <laughs> fighting. I do not encourage fighting, but I I also like he cannot allow himself to be bullied. But That's at that point, it's not even fighting. Position. It's more of defending yourself. It is because if you are yeah. giving you warning after warning after warning, yeah. you've done everything that you're supposed to yeah. do, and they still won't leave you alone. Yeah. Then you're just you're just defending yourself. Like that's what that is. Now you have to show them that they have you know bitten off more than they can chew, and it's not it's not <laughs> going to be worth it to continue to harass you. But I think with, when it comes to teachers not doing anything, they make such a big deal about bullying now versus I think when all of us were in grade school. Like mm-hmm. it's such a huge deal, but I still don't think that they're doing enough about it. Like yeah. as far as stopping it before it starts, because yeah. a lot of this stuff is easily preventable, but they just don't. Think that it's that big of a deal, you know. Especially when it comes to little boys, yeah. they just they just think that that's what they're supposed yeah. to do. But it's it's sidebar. My super late brother is here. I'm about to bully him. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so pardon that interruption. As I dunk his head in the toilet, swirling in a wedgie, atomic wedgie. But um, atomic wedgie. But um. <laughs> But uh, no, Tasha. I, I I think that I think once again we segue now into bullying as it is seen and as it is right now right. is a very like big deal. Mm-hmm. Every year, Ethan goes to school. I see the little signs: mm-hmm. no bullying, don't totter, don't uh, don't turn. If you, you see something, if say you see something. something, say something. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, and as you were saying, for versus when we were younger versus now. It seems like bully bullying has become a very very big deal, especially with the rise of social media and mm-hmm. like uh, what do what they call it digital online bullying. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, cyber yeah, bullying. Yeah, cyber bullying. Yeah. So um, and then I also saw very recently um, a young boy was being bullied and what they did caused like brain damage. Oh wow! And mm-hmm. uh, I I think they were like choking him. It was two. They showed the videos. Two big kids get off a bus. And one smaller kid is kind of trying to, you know, scramble away. He's really minding his business, just moving. And they, like, rush him. And they, like, pin him up against a wall. And I guess he's, like, his, his forearm is on his windpipe. He can't breathe. And they and he ends up having a seizure. Oh, wow. And, um, and then I, I think it has some, like, long-lasting effects. Mm-hmm. And then the mother ends up suing the school. So in my particular situation, fortunately, I've always been on the larger side. I've always been tall. I ain't always been this wide. But I've always been tall and uh, rather stocky. Um, So if I was being bullied, I was actually allowing someone uh, to bully me. And I wasn't cognizant of my own power or influence or, you know what I mean? I I was not establishing my, my, my boundaries properly. But some kids do not have that advantage. They are not big. Right. You know what I mean? Most and, that are being bullied do not. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and they are smaller kids who actually cannot, you know, properly or truly defend themselves. Like if the bully wants to bump down on them, there's not too much that they can do. Um, so and, and what do you say to that? Like, how do you advise that kid? who is up against odds that are not in his favor. Well, in a situation like that, they sound like they were off of blood. Like, no one just decides 
in the moment to choke somebody out. Like, and I don't know what. You just give me. I don't know what motive or reason you would have to ever do that. Like, this person couldn't have done nothing to hurt you personally. Like, there's no way that they can really hurt you that severely that you have to hurt them even more severely in a physical way. But, I mean, and and that's how you lead to, like, school shootings or people committing suicide or, like, you know, you, you take out a vengeful hatred for somebody just because... Just because yeah. I mean, sometimes... And that's why it's such the a The bullies do it because they can. That's the whole thing is what Tracy was saying. You shouldn't do things just because you can. And sometimes these kids do it just, just because, because they can. They can. Were you about to present? You were about to say something? Yeah, you? yeah. I was gonna say no. I I truly believe that probably the vast majority of of bullying in general, mm-hmm. just just over the whole landscape, adults, kids, whatever, is due to you know upbringing in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, I think so too. <clears throat> only only just because of how the mind works when it comes to transgressions and and mm-hmm. and, and putting your self projections on everybody else. Right, right. right. Whether that's being beat at home or just not being listened, whatever it is that they feel. Whatever their reason is that they feel to be in, uh, inferior right. at home or, or any in an everyday setting for them, right, right. that's the, the um, um, I guess that's the only uh, not only setting, but that is a more common setting for those type of emotions to manifest yeah. for a bully and yeah. you know to go outward amongst the world who don't have no control over them. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> So I think that I think that does play probably the biggest part. And and when you say there was no reason why they did that, they did it just because they could and just because they felt like you know it's about, it's about time to let's rough up you know little yeah, buddy, little yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah. And see, and for me, I was I I never understood that because obviously I'm going to to go over to to this person yeah. who cannot defend himself. Yeah. So to me, for me, there was no fun in that. I immediately saw their pain and their fear. So yeah. I, I didn't think that was fun. Or, funny or cute or anything so yeah. I never understood it that's yeah. probably why Rudolph was big to uh, jump on the bullies for that and, and I, I remember this this one guy this, this funny uh, I don't know if you ever see this but his name was uh, he went to Park Avenue in West Nashville okay, okay. Uh, I literally when I saw Urkel yeah I have every right to think that they got Urkel's character from him. Okay, yeah. From the voice to the glasses to the taking the middle of the glasses from the suspenders. So he was a stereotype. Wow. I mean, no, he was just just a nerdy guy, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, There's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, But I remember uh, him being bullied, Mm. walking up and down Western Western Nascot View Hill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. By Yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Easily climbed Harry when I saw him bullying. But but anyway, Um, and just to see his face when someone was taken up for him, I would do that a thousand times. Right, 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 right. Because right. he was just like, he was so t- t- taken back right. to uh, someone, you know, taking up for him. Yeah, and going to bat for right, him, vouching right, for right. him, and, and like interceding on his behalf. Right. And so I don't know if he'll ever remember me or yeah. ever, but for me, that was so valuable. And that was the biggest lesson I learned when it comes to dealing with bullies in my right. life was, was, was Lawrence, just because he was just the face of. Hey, yeah, I'm literally about to draw up this schematics on this geometry <laughs> <laughs> situation. Yeah, Why yeah. are you picking on me? Right, right. All I want to do is math. Right, but in Bahari at home, yeah, he was getting it. Yeah, and and every day, and I remember um, coming to his aid, the boy's own family, mm. um, and 
because he was getting it at home. Uh, mm. uh, and him had good conversations yeah. at a young, young age, yeah. probably pre-teens. Oh, no, it was before that. Oh, wow. Uh, about it. And, and when, when I saw him and Harry, he's 6'3", 250, yeah, <laughs> and 6th yeah. grade or something, yeah, whatever yeah, it yeah. was. So, so for him, when I saw him break down, and and that's when I started to understand that, it, it, you know, it really didn't matter. He was just taking all his transgressions on. Right. On, on little Lawrence, mm. that's deep. That, that that's very deep. And so there, there's also two sides to it. Uh, as we've kind of been saying, mm-hmm. there is the person that is bullied, and then then there is the bully. And oftentimes we just do the sitcoms and television. We write the bully off as like a bad egg or mm-hmm. a bad apple. But kind of like what we've been getting to is. They are probably going through something, and as a child, they know no other way Mm -hmm. to deal with it than to try to take back power by Mm -hmm. taking it away from somebody else. Um, And some kids are are just spoiled. Uh, They like attention. They're afraid, so they, Mm -hmm. you know, project their, you know, make someone else afraid, so they feel less afraid. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't, you know, and when I say afraid, they don't want to afraid of being embarrassed, afraid of being rejected, afraid of people not liking them. So they terrorize someone else to, you know, get get, get away from that fear themselves mm-hmm. and put it on to, to someone else. So then the issue also becomes is, you know, where are these bullies coming from? Exactly. And a big thing for me is for my kid not to be bullying nobody else. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't wrestle with nobody who's smaller than you. You don't hit, you don't Make nobody do nothing that they don't want to do just because you want to do it. Like, that is not cool. And I remember uh, we were playing, and I was glad to find out I'm not the only one who thinks like that because when my son was playing peewee football, one of his teammates was one of the best kids on the team. Uh, not the biggest kid, but, you know, a good-sized kid. Um, so he got he didn't have to worry about being a bully. But I believe one day they were out playing and he kind of started to roughhouse a kid that was smaller than him. He started to take advantage of a kid that was smaller than him. And his dad came out of nowhere so fast and came down on him so hard that I was like, golly, what did he do? <laughs> and then somebody else said, oh, he was uh, he was over there roughing up little so-and-so. And I was like, oh. It's a good call, right, right, part, right, because right. you don't want your kids to be abused, but you mm-hmm. also don't want them to be abusing mm-hmm. other kids either. So I, I, when I, I had seen that, yep, and that yeah. had just that had just stuck with me because these mm-hmm. bullies are coming from somewhere, and if there are if parents are able, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. you got right, you right. know strong parents that are able to mm-hmm. kind of look at it and and stop it, then they should. And that's you know, right. that's, that's bullies that that was big for him to to do that. Yeah, because uh, because that that feeling and. So I guess it's kind of like power and greed mm-hmm. and anything else mm-hmm. that you can consume in large amounts. Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure that, well, I can say that I, it's possible that he could like that feeling of, you know, yeah. and, and that carries with him throughout his life. So yeah. if his pops was to jump on it immediately so he could understand yeah. from a moral standpoint, yeah. we don't like that. Yeah. That's very big. And hopefully, yeah. hopefully his son could do the same thing when he, you know, gets to school. Right, and all right, that. Right, right. I think it also kind of goes back to some, stereotypically, like, way back in the day, some fathers were okay with their sons being overly aggressive like that. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're playing sports like football. Like, you yeah. want them to be tough because you don't want no weak son or anything like yeah. that. So you want your son to be aggressive and take charge. But when it comes to 
just tormenting somebody for no reason. That's right, different right, versus right, right. being aggressive for the sake of a sport and then mm-hmm. just doing it for your own fun right, and, right. and amusement. Like right. there's a huge difference. But right. and I should clarify that we were they were the kids were like out of equipment after a game, just mm-hmm. hanging out. Yeah. And he was kind of like roughhousing a little kid, mm-hmm. and that's when his dad. But then, came. how can you tell the difference between? accidentally tormenting someone and then just trying to have fun with them at the same time because you know after I assume after football practice they're still pretty energetic they're still pretty hyped up they're still pretty you know bouncing off the walls and stuff like that you would be some kids know the power difference they I mean like I don't say they develop a hierarchy but you kind of know who is in your league physically and who is not Mm -hmm. like they they know even the the coaches know the parents who are around know because Mm -hmm. especially when they play sports they comes they become so much more cognizant of their bodies, their mm-hmm. strengths, their weaknesses, you know, how fast they are, how fast they can run, how you know. And that's where that competition push. comes in, a competitive instinct is like right. yeah. who can do what the best out of all of us. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they also know who they should not be competing right. with right. and who they should be competing with. Um in Nash in, in Nashville and Tennessee, the the Leagues are in two age groups, so there's five years old, five year olds and six year olds, seven year old and eight year olds. You know, most often the eight year olds are going to be competing amongst each other. You may have a few seven year old standouts, mm-hmm. and you're gonna have some seven year olds who lag behind. If you are an eight year old standout, you should not be competing with a seven year old who is lagging behind. Right. And you can kind of spot that mm-hmm. immediately, like so the kids know immediately, like. He's one of the smaller guys. I should not be right. roughhousing him outside of, especially outside of pads and equipment and mm-hmm. practice and outside mm-hmm. of like an adult supervision. They were doing this as kids, not assuming that people were watching. Them. Okay, I see. And, and that's a, a good, well, a good part of that question also is that what his what his pops did was teach him how to, um, I guess, inadvertently understand emotional cues mm-hmm. um, yeah. because we can roughhouse all day, but as soon as I start crying yeah. I start hurting I'm like stop 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 yeah, and yeah, you yeah. keep going yeah. and that means that you enjoying you know taking advantage and, 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 and also because it goes from it's past the competition now because yeah. you, are, you won yeah. so if there was a if you were to get a prize for winning you would have yeah. gotten the prize right, so why are right, you still right. here you right. know so right. so if his dad's a year to kind of bring up somebody you know to help him um, hopefully identify with the emotional cues on on um when to recognize someone isn't on the same level or as far as that back and forth playful banner or whatever that yeah. they're roughhousing or yeah. whatnot. So, so that's something. And, that's and it goes back to the point you made earlier. Just because you can doesn't mean that you should. Right. And um, I think that's an important lesson to teach all of our kids, our boys and our girls, mm-hmm. is that just because you can do a thing um, doesn't always mean that you should do it. Right, exactly. So with that... We'll go ahead and end this particular episode of a poor excuse for a podcast. Thank you all for coming out. Um, and uh, once again, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks. Peace. Peace. I want to get that last. Z, 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 I got these niggas 
screaming who that like I'm playing for the Saints When I was 12 I wanted me a chick as bad as Ashley Banks And I get so damn trippy in my mind I can't escape Because if she the type of one to smoke and drink until she faint I'm gonna be the type of one to roll up weed and pour a drink And if she tell me that she love me I might fuck around and fall for it Instead of one big shot, baby, you can just take two smiles for it. And she said that she out for it. Got friends, bring them all aboard. Damn it, I'm the man, I got weed in my hand. And if you really bother the life, then I'ma let you blow it. Flight in the back, I got weed, got stacks. If you really bother the life, then I'ma let you blow it. Running them places, don't know where I'm going. Going in circles, so this perp, I'm blowing. Simple and lean, just to change my motion. Shotgun, exhale out your nose. And damn it, look good from my point of view. I know that you with it by the things you do. She a bad bitch, got a mean walk too I just hope you want me like I want you Smoke, fuck, drink, sleep, and if I ain't high, then I can't eat. 